Happy New Year, front end happy hour listeners. We are excited to be back in the new year with brand new episodes. I'm not really one for New Year's resolutions, but one thing we always seem to want to improve on is being more productive. So in this episode, we're going to talk about tools and techniques that we leverage or maybe aspire to leverage to be more productive. So before we dive into the episode, let's give introductions of today's panelists. Shirley, you want to start it off? Oh, hello. Happy New Year. My name is Shirley Wu, and I am a former software engineer, data visualization person, and now I'm in grad school for art and technology. Right on. Augustus. Hi, yes. My name is Augustus Yoon. I'm a software engineer at Twitch. Stacy Linden, principal front-end engineer at Trello. And I'm Ryan Burgess. I'm a software engineering manager at Netflix. In each episode of the Front End Happy Hour podcast, we like to choose a keyword that if it's mentioned at all in the episode, we will all take a drink. And what did we decide today's keyword is? Distraction. Distractions. Cheers. I mentioned earlier about the New Year's resolutions. I'm not a big one for it. I'm not really, I don't think I've ever really tried it, but I'm curious, the three of you, what are your thoughts on New Year's resolutions? I haven't done it. I don't know. It seems so stressful to like try and, I don't know. It, we, I like the idea of gradually working your way towards something and not so much like, boom, on this day, we're going to start doing something totally different that I haven't been doing at all. <laughs> seems like you set yourself up for failure, which I think you see a lot of people get into it for a few, a few weeks and then crash. <laughs> the, the gyms get very busy yeah. in January. Yes. Yes. We, we actually, it's funny, quick story. We went to uh, one of the bouldering gyms on January 2nd and like the line was out the door to register for the gym. And it was really funny. Um, but I totally agree with you about the like New Year's resolutions have like a very weirdly bad rap for, because I think Stacey, you like really hit the nail on the head that it's, you're you're like trying to get into something like like at the snap of a finger and that's i feel like oftentimes we're not we're not as people we 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 do need to gradually build up a habit um and and a few years ago i've I've never really done new year's resolutions either i was like oh, that sounds meh um <laughs> but uh a few years ago i heard uh from sarah drasner that like she and dizzy do like a, a variation of it where They pop open a bottle of wine and they just kind of like set some New Year's goals. And then at the, um, for the upcoming year and then at the end of the year, um, they like review the goals from the previous year. So my husband and I have uh, kind of adapted a variation on that. uh, That's kind of like become our own tradition. We've been doing this for like five or six years now where on New Year's Eve or like a few days before, we'll pop open a bottle of wine. And that was really because uh, he did not like setting big goals. So the wine was to help with that. Um, (laughs) And so, um, and over the years, it's become a thing where um, it's not even really goals. Goals aren't the accurate word. We just kind of like set, maybe intentions are like the better word where we just kind of write down things that, would be awesome if it happens in the next year. Um, And then we kind of just like forget about it. So like we don't put the pressure on ourselves to do anything about it, but like it just like naturally, if it's something that we want enough, then it's something that will like happen naturally in the course of the year. And then after the end, at the end of the following year, 
we'll go back and we'll review our goals from that we set and oftentimes it's really cool because we're like oh I'm like oh I forgot I wrote this but this did happen um and like and I'll check it off so um we did this last week um and then apparently for 2022 I had written down that I had wanted to do some sort of like an art show or something um and I had completely forgotten that I wrote that down. And I, uh, I, I looked back and I was like, wait, this did happen. Um, so it's always just, it's, I, I think it just puts a little bit more of a positive spin on it for me. I, I like how there's this accountability aspect in a sense, because I, I also think that's why a lot of New Year resolutions don't work out. Like there's not much accountability other than yourself, which makes it really hard. I, I have some, I, I, I make very, very achievable New Year's resolutions. So I do do them, but they're super achievable. Like I'll define a goal <laughs> for the year. So. I, I mean, I like that. I think that oftentimes, like similar to what all of you said is like the New Year's resolution, I think is like this strong, hard goal. And you're like, I'm going to do this. And it, it's almost not attainable or it's like you know it's like i'm gonna work out like you know five days a week or or whatever that may be going from zero days to Mm -hmm. five days is you'll do that once twice and then the problem is you might get down to like because you had a busy week you got down to three days and you feel shitty because you got down low and and then you kind of just fall off and i think that to me i'm I, i like the fact that it's like the small chunks like maybe augustus and and stacy kind of mentioned something too is like just things that you're like yeah like i want to do this or i'm going to work on this a little bit but not something that's like to an extreme and i think that's the way i've approached it and i think you know even talking for us on this episode is like productivity it's like i think there's always things that you know i start the new year off and i'm like all right well how can i be maybe more productive or you know just get more things done and so I think like you even small or learn small tricks to do that. And so, you know, maybe that's that's a good way to kind of dive in is, you know, what are some of the techniques that you all leverage to help you be more productive? One of the things uh, that I started off the new year doing is I get really overwhelmed with like clutter. And so I noticed my my desktop had like a bajillion files all over it Um I had like way too many tabs open. I had notes spread across several apps because I have a problem sometimes of putting notes in just one app. And it just, it was like kind of chaotic. And I was like, I feel unsettled. So I spent hours just like cleaning all of that up so I could start like fresh on coming back in the new year and be like, I have everything organized. Everything is in its place. That's awesome. I am a big like believer in that of like, not even just the like files that you're talking about, like virtual files. I'm like, my desk has to be clean. You know, having kids stresses me out in the sense that they leave their shit everywhere (laughs) and it drives me nuts. Like I've realized that is like the clutter gets to me. And so (laughs) even sometimes I'll clean up all that and I'm like, ah, like it just feels calming. And and I do feel like that makes you in a better headspace. So that's cool that you do that, Stacey. For for me, if I've started being very, very consistent with scheduling dedicated time, even for like very trivial things like to clean up the house on like a monthly or weekly cadence or something like having explicit like calendar 
events. Like that's what's helped me become very productive. I do it a lot at work too. And like blocking off time on your calendar, like this is focused time for me to get my work done. You know, like if I have a, I'll be honest, I have a lot of respect for managers because when I see manager calendars, I just look, I'm like, oh my goodness, how does this person get? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's like, it's like a jungle. I mean, it's bad. And I think that the calendar is a big one for me. I mean, it's a, it's a productivity tool for me. Absolutely. And I'm sure all of you too is like, I do live by the calendar and follow that. And if I don't have it on my calendar, I'm going to forget or, you know, it's really helpful to leverage that. But something that I've been actively working at even before the new year is trimming that back. I think it's really sometimes you feel, especially as a manager, you feel like, well, my job is to be in meetings. And yes, you're in meetings, but there's still so many other things that you have to do. And sometimes it's even thinking about future things. And so for me, I'm trying to afford myself more time. And so some of that might be being a little more ruthless on not going to all those meetings or blocking off blocks where I'm like, no, I'm not letting people block on on that time because I need that time to read some documents, write some documents, spend more time with my team. So those are some things I'm actually actively been doing is like, not letting the calendar take over my life. So it's a good tool, but also it can be negative as well. Augustus, um, to your, I like your point about using the calendar. I even found that um, I had started to block my calendar just like in chunks to say like, oh, focus time. But I found that even that starts to get me like where I'll still kind of swirl around. So I've been getting really specific with my calendar. It'll be like a, a half hour chunk where I'm like, update performance review or I don't know whatever I have to do like I'm incredibly specific about the time block even 15 minute ones like it sounds sort of stressful but for me it's helpful because I'm like like right now I need to do this very specific thing Ooh, the um calendar thing uh I uh I also I, I think my situation might be a little bit different in that I'm not working full-time at a company so I don't have a lot of like the meetings everywhere in my calendar um but uh there's like two things that's really that really helps me um and uh the first thing is like speaking of calendars uh I actually found that I can't quite function with like digital calendars I don't know what it is I don't know if Uh, anyone feels the same way where like when it's a digital calendar it just feels really cluttered and overwhelming for me so then like a few years ago I actually started using like a planner at first to just write down that like two or three simple to do's for the day um to go through just because like for me it was even before grad school I was a freelancer so then I had a lot of control over when I take meetings and so for my day-to-day it was a lot more like IC work Um, and so I would write down two or three to-do lists and now, um, I get these planners where, um, I actually just asked my husband to bring it over. Um, and it's, it's like a, 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 like actual paper planner that I get to like write in. And so like, if there is one productivity tool I have, it is this like paper, hard, like in person, tangible planner that I can, I think for me, the most useful part is that I can actually physically flip through the months and like be able to see like when things are due and when things, and then that helps me. Like I have in the planner, like a monthly view. um, And then that helps me then 
uh, when I get into like my weekly view, I can then kind of like, um, I think people call it time blocking where um, nowadays I'll use it to like block out when I'm in classes. Um, it used to be when I was working, um, I would block out when I have my meetings and then I would write down like my to do's on the side for like the week. And then I would put down all of my like and then I would do something very similar to what Stacy is saying, where I'll write down those um, to do's. Uh, like in between um, all of my calls and stuff. And I found that I, for me, um, I think that a lot of my unproductivity is because I get a chunk of time and then I don't know what to do with it. Like I'm just overwhelmed by all of the options of what I could do with the time that like I just spent so long being like, oh, this is what I should be doing. This is all of the X, Y, Z that I need to accomplish. And then I spend that hour just like being like, okay, I should be doing this and this and this. So then I found that if I just spend like the hour or two hours at the beginning of the week, writing out everything I need to do during the week, and then like scheduling that all out for myself, um, that then I can just like get in when, when I get to that hour, I'm like, okay, this is exactly what I need to do. And that's it. Um, so that's the first thing that has been like life changing for me. And then the second thing has been Calendly. Um, and in Calendly, only setting aside like three hour blocks that people can uh, book. Um, and then everything else. I mean, like this is this is a luxury I have um, that I can be like, you only get three hours a day of my time to book meetings on. Um, but Calendly to use for scheduling has been amazing. And I swear by it. That's really cool. It's funny how like calendars are such a big part of it. And surely, I don't know if I like the, you know, the calendar, the physical calendar so much, but I will stand by with the like pen and paper is huge. Like I find taking notes in on pen mm -hmm. and paper can be really helpful. I actually miss the days where we were a lot more in person because I wouldn't go to meetings with a laptop. I would go with just pen and paper. I would have my phone, but like most of it was just like, I'd rather take notes. I felt like I was more present there, but nowadays like, well, we're not as in person anymore, a lot, a lot more remote. And I find like I get distracted really easy. And so that can be really, yeah. Cheers. cheers. Ring a ding ding. Oh, cheers. But I find that that to me is actually something that hinders my productivity is staring at a computer screen. And so I have to like actively make sure that I'm not hands on keyboard when I'm in a meeting. And so I've even found things like where I'm, I ex added a, a mic extension for my mic so that I can like pull back from the computer and oh, like wow. lean back a little more just so that I'm yeah, like just so I'm not like, oh, a Slack message, I should respond to that or and yes, you can shut off notifications. I do that. But like, it's just so easy that there's something there that you can kind of multitask, which honestly multitasking there's a there's a hack don't do it like multitasking doesn't make <laughs> you more productive i think it yeah. actually makes it worse <laughs> yeah um and actually i was just about to say like whenever i have to be heads down i turn off all of my notifications and i put my phone like all the way on the other side of the room and that that helps a lot too but yeah multitasking in a meeting does not actually work no 
It's like you you kind of miss some things or yeah, it's just you're not present, right? Like and I think that, mm-hmm. that I think multitasking in general doesn't work too much. I'm curious like aside from meetings like multitasking while you're coding like that doesn't work either like you you really need to have that dedicated space like I can't think of many times where I'm like multitasking really works it's it's tough I actually I do have one tiny exception where um if I am doing code that does not need like higher level thinking and it's a lot of grunt work um then I love putting on shows or movies in the background because then like not too entertaining like the show cannot be so entertaining that then I start watching it but just entertaining enough that like my my brain is still engaged so that I'm I'm okay with doing the grunt work while like I'm my brain is like entertained that makes sense like it's kind of like the shows that it's like a sitcom or something or even something you've seen before it's like yeah it's entertaining but not like this deep drama that you have to pay attention to this is why I've watched the Harry Potter movies an infinite amount of times. <laughs> <laughs> what are other things that are distractions for you all? Cheers. 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 Maybe not personally, but I also like to think of the productivity from a team aspect. Like when you're working together in a team. Um, and it can be pretty distracting when people don't know what they're supposed to be focusing on. And... I actually kind of wanted to, I love, um, I think it was Ryan, you mentioned, you know, meetings, they can definitely be kind of in the way. And it's not necessarily like you get rid of meetings, but you make sure that the meetings you do have are very meaningful, which is why I think really, really good stand-ups, really productive sprint planning, or whatever uh, um, ceremonies you use for software development at your company, like making sure those meetings are very focused and on track um, will lead to like more productivity for everyone. You know, make sure that every minute in that meeting is meaningful for people. That's such a great point, Augustus. Like I like the the meaningfulness of it too, because like even us talking a lot about meetings is you're right. Like they're often not effective. Like if, you know, if someone's not writing an agenda or they're not, it's not, you're not really sure why you're there. Don't go. Like, I think that's the problem is like, don't go just because it's on the calendar. But I love that. If a standup is very clear, you know what you need to do. You hear what, you know, needs to be done. It's done quickly. It's not like, all right, let's have an hour long standup. It's usually like, depending on, depending on how big the team is and stuff, it's, pretty quick, like 10, 15 minutes. Um, so I've even been in shorter ones, but that's, that's really effective. I like that. And then, like you said, your team is more productive because they know what needs to get done. They they have the tasks, everyone's aligned and you go forth and do that. And so I think that's, that's a really valid point. I think in that same vein, I guess this like team productivity. I don't know if you found this too. If the whole team is working on the same project. So you kind of are working on very similar things. So when someone asks you for help um, and you like pair up on stuff, it's like not context switching because it's really is related to the kind of the things that we're all working on together. I found that it feels like unproductive when the team is like, there's four projects going on at the same time and every, like maybe one person's totally on their own doing one thing and and then if they need help, it's like you're totally have to context switch and like try to understand where they're at. And like that feels like that slows teams down. It's such a hard thing, though, because sometimes 
projects aren't big enough for like a whole team. So it's like this balancing yep. act that you have to do. I love how you bring that up because that definitely happens a lot at, I think big, bigger companies will definitely run into that a lot more. I'm sure every size company runs into that, but it, it puts a lot of onus on the people who are running those projects. I, I would say it shows how important it is to give set, set aside time to make sure people like understand what you're working on. Um, and making sure that that time that you use to fill them in, like, hey, this is what's what's happening in this project. It's like meaningful. I mentioned like the clutter, things like that bother me. I think sometimes like background noise can be really bothersome. I'm sure a lot of people feel that. Like I'm fine if I'm in somewhere like a cafe or something and like people are going by and like that is kind of like white noise, but there's sometimes when there's like other distractions, I find it really, I don't know, hard. I like cheers. my like silent cheers. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> cheers. So I find like getting rid of the clutter and also even just like the noise can help. Like I like music or something like that. Like that is awesome. It can really help you focus, but I think it's just some of those, it just depends on what kind of noise it is. Ooh. I actually, speaking of noise, one of the other things that I wrote down, like when thinking about productivity was uh, like lo-fi when I used to listen to a lot of just like music with words. And then it was like sometimes distracting, but it wasn't just like too like distract so distracting that um, it bothered me. And then I watched like, and then like lo-fi started to get really big. Right. And I was like, very weird. Like I was just, not hesitant, not suspicious, but I was like, huh, like, does it actually work? And then I watched some YouTube video explaining like why it works. And I was like, huh. Um, and then I actually tried it. And then I was like, cool. Like my productivity is, I don't know why this works. But like some, I think it really is that white noise. I think it really is like the same way why I like working at cafes where there's like a little bit of that background white noise. Um, and like the lo-fi for some reason, just really stimulates my brain, um, but like not distract. Oh, cheers and cheers. Cheers. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and it just, um, I've, I've been so much more productive since I started listening to lo-fi. Someone said that lo-fi is the jazz of our generation. And now <laughs> um, I... <laughs> uh like my it was it was really sad my 2022 spotify raps they were like you explore so many different genres and like the top 10 genres are like just different kinds of lo-fi um so <laughs> it works <laughs> <laughs> another this is very uh tangential but uh productivity for me well a hack i don't know it's not a hack uh sleeping <laughs> and taking yeah. a break from things. <laughs> so like I like I'll run in, I'll be working on something super hard and I can't like think through the, the right answer or solution. And if I just keep working on it, I'll just keep getting more irritated at myself that I can't figure it out. And then it's like, just stop, like go for a walk, go outside for nature or go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> sleep yeah and then mm, yeah. You, know, you wake up and your brain is kind of worked on it in the middle of the night and you come up with better answers so that's been that's just huge like always try and get enough sleep and i know that's hard for a lot of people i think a lot of people have like sleep troubles and you know like but that'll throw you throw you off i mean there's all sorts of science around around that so 
sort of I don't, maybe a duh thing to say, but <laughs> no, I think it's like it's some of those obvious ones or that we're like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. But it's like you actually have to practice that, too. Like it's eating right too, like eating and sleeping mm-hmm. and like, yeah, getting some of that exercise is very useful to actually being more productive. It's almost feels counterintuitive in some ways. You're like, wait, if I sleep, I'm not getting shit done. But you're like, yeah, but yeah. if you have a really good night's sleep, you're actually getting more done or more effectively when you're actually applying yourself too. So no, I don't think it's like, I think it's obvious, but also I feel like we're all guilty of not practicing it as well as we should. Yeah. yeah. And there's a whole like toxic tech culture, gr- grind culture situation that exists that makes you like feel bad for trying to do that but it's like there's there's science that proves all this (laughs) if we i was wondering if we were gonna bring up toxic productivity yeah let's hear it surely kick it off for me personally there's like the capitalism and then there's also like i think there's i grew up in a very chinese household very with chinese ideals and confucianism and work hard suffer if you suffer and work hard then you'll reap great benefits later. Um, and there's like little things that I've found. Um, I think the worst I, the peak of this um, was in high school and college for me, where I took pride in the fact that I could uh, sit there for hours and like study um, and not go to the bathroom um, because I was studying. Um, which in retrospect is really bad because you're supposed to get up every hour to stretch and you're supposed to go relieve your bladder when your bladder says it needs to be relieved. Um, (laughs) uh, In college, it was like the worst I ever had it because um, I was in like a unnecessarily competitive business program. And so everybody there was trying to get into top investment banks and Investment banks are pretty much like, I think one of the most like toxic productivity capitalism thing there is. And everybody's like, work hard, play hard. Um, And so uh, I used to not be able to, like I used to not feel good about myself unless I was falling asleep in my bed, completely exhausted and like, burnt out from the day and I would only feel good about myself if I finished every single thing on like a long list of to-do lists I gave myself and if I didn't then I was obviously a failure and this took me like many years to work through um and like on probably just like a few rounds of burnout until I recognized how like how bad that was so this is a very I'm a I'm very passionate about this topic um, and I think the peak of it for me was like part of the reason why I got that planner, I think back in 2019 was because I was just feeling so um, both burnt out and also feeling like such a failure uh, for not accomplishing everything on my to-do list that was like 10 things long every single day. And I will only let myself check them off if I 100 percented them. And so I think in 2019, I got a tiny planner where I could only write three to five things per day and I would check them off uh, if I even touched that item. Like even if I started on it, I would let myself check it off. And that kind of list has really, really helped like kind of for me to start getting a little bit healthier with my relationship with work. 
um, and my relationship with my self-worth tied to my work. Um, and I am also like, fuck capitalism for like, cause if I'm working this hard, who is it actually benefiting? Cause it's not really, a, it's not benefiting. It's like kind of benefiting me, but like, it's not like, I'm not the main benefiter of my, like destroying my body and my mental health. Yeah. So that was my rant. I'm going to get off my soapbox now. (laughs) (laughs) I I have a thought when I heard toxic tech productivity. um, But before that, I hope no one here feels that they are insignificant or, you know, not worth it. In fact, if you're listening to Front End Happy Hour podcast, I'm just going to say that you're probably off to the right start for the year. (laughs) But... uh, (laughs) Amazing. But yeah, the, the, actually, one thing that came to mind was um, demos. Um, and for people who don't know, like, uh, typically, at the end of a sprint, you know, you might have a retrospective where you talk about how you can improve. And that's always good. And then there's also like demos that, you know, you ask engineers or ICs to present what they worked on. I, I have found that sometimes this can become I don't know if toxic is the right word, but I hope people don't get this impression that they need to always be presenting something. That's not the point of demos. You know, demos are like a way for you to align with your stakeholders, the progress of what's going on. And the expectations should be kind of set in that way where, you know, you're just trying to give people updates. You know, it doesn't need to be a formal presentation. And I've seen a lot of people take it that way. Like they expect to see something at the end of every sprint, what's happening, what's a demo. And not everything can be demoed, right? Like some person who was on call for the last two weeks, the fighting fires nonstop, do you want them to demo the alerts that they had to go through at night? It, it, so that that's like one thing that I, I thought of. And, you know, it's not a productive meeting, right, to have people stress over that. It's a good point. There's a lot of trying to be productive that can actually be not so great for your mental health and probably ineffective in all together. I'd be curious for maybe on some of the like helpful tools that you all have used. Like I- I'm pretty sure Stacy, you're, you're probably a Trello user, I would expect, right? Like that's probably <laughs> helped you in some way. Trello. <laughs> <laughs> you should. It's a great product. There's there's a lot of really great tools out there. Like people live by some of those tools and like even surely your note paper like that to me is in itself can be a tool but yeah i'm curious what kind of tools you all use to help yourselves be more productive i'll start um and this was one that i didn't know about until i joined twitch um it's really useful if more of your team uses it it's um a chrome extension called clockwise where effectively you it's a Chrome extension that hooks into your Google Calendar and it tries to smartly figure out what time should be allocated for focus time. And it will help people who are also using Clockwise figure out what's a good time to schedule meetings for you. And it tries its best to reschedule meetings so that they're grouped up all together. So you don't have like little pockets of like, you know how you like have a meeting and then in half an hour later, you're going to have another meeting. So that half hour, you're just like, oh, what do I do? Do I pretend I'm working or something like that? And you usually don't <laughs> do anything. You just wait <laughs> for this meeting that comes in half an hour. 
So so it tries to like group those up and I, I freaking love that. Yeah, that's actually a really good one, Augustus, but it, it does a lot of things I find that are very useful. It even like you can connect it to your Slack uh, so that it, uh, if you're in a meeting, it will show like do not disturb. And so that's all automated. Like you shouldn't have to manually do those things. And I think that's great because I think that that's another thing for me is like avoiding in- interruptions as much as possible. And so that can be helpful. You can have it automatically set like when you're, you know, in and out of the office too, or, or you're like hours that you're actually working. So you also get that like work-life balance. And I think things like that, where it's just like these little simple things that it's doing it behind the scenes for you and taking some of that cognitive load off you, it can go a long way too. So I think that's a great suggestion. And yes, if more of your team uses it, the better. But I think even personally, like if it's just you and like even the Slack integration can be really helpful. Well, I mean, I will say Trello because I, I do use it. <laughs> Not just because I, I work on it, but I do. I've, I've been using it before I worked on it. Um, but yeah, it just helps for a, a bunch of different things. It's sort of that blank slate kind of concept. So you can really make it into whatever you want. Um, sometimes I prefer a m- even more simple UI for like managing to do's or things. So like at home for personal stuff, I've really, I've been using things, uh, for Mac OS for a long time, um, for just like personal stuff, but that's just cause it's like a very slim minimalist UI of like almost like a checklist kind of thing. Um, instead of like that kind of card concept, um, but I've waffled between many different tools. Like I used to use clear for ephemeral to do's. So it was like that the way the UI of that app was, was very minimalist and you could just swipe quickly and something would disappear and you didn't have to like think about it. It was just very like, I don't know, grocery shopping list or something where you just needed to get something on and off really fast. Um, but that one's not being developed anymore, which kind of bummed me out. Um, and uh, Evernote for, I, I still use Evernote. I know it's just purchased by some rando company in Europe, but, um, but I still use it cause all my, my mind is in there. So I use, uh, I put notes, um, I give notes, very specific names so that I can command J to quickly jump between things without having to use a mouse. So it's very like optimized. I've optimized myself to be able to jump between notes really fast. So I found that helps me be pretty productive. Hey, don't hate on the Evernote. I still use Evernote. Um, I find it, it's not even close to good for collaboration. Like I think it is very much a personal note taking thing. Like anytime I need to collaborate, like with all of you, we have Google Docs for front end happy hour where we're commenting and things like that. That That's awesome. Evernote never did a good job at being able to collaborate, but for me, I just, it's so quick and easy to spin up a note and for myself and same, similar to you, Stacy, like some of the search and everything is really powerful. It's like, to me, it keeps it in that one place. Now, yeah, Evernote is purchased by another company. So who knows what will happen to it? Yeah, it'll be interesting. But I guess th- there is a pretty easy export to like the like Apple notes and other note taking. But for me, I just, I'm like, I don't feel like going through the hassle of doing that. I'm like, I already have everything. I've been using it for years. I worked there. I, just kind of nostalgic, I guess. I'm still using it. I feel like maybe um, I, I'm i like the most non-tech person in this tech, <laughs> in our group of 
Uh, I swear I used to be a software engineer. I used I swear I come from tech. Um, but more and more, I kind of just really like pen and paper. I just keep coming back to it. Um, like Stacy, what you were saying about like um, UIs with cards, um, like those are just mimicking real life cards. And so I just kind of like real life cards. Um, and I, and what you were saying about like notes and like getting it, it like becomes harder to search through. I very much index everything of like chronologically. So that's why I love being able to like flip through a notebook and be like, oh, like a few days ago, I wrote this down as a note. Um, and in my planner, it has a month section, a weekly section and a daily section. And in the day section, I can write down all my notes um, for that day. And I can, the, this is like a, I don't know why it doesn't work for me digitally, but like in my planner, if I need to do something, if I remember that I need to do something like a week in the future, I'll just flip the seven pages into the future and I'll jot it down there. And then when I get to that page, I'll, I'll see it. I don't know why that doesn't work for me on like my Google calendar or something, but it just, I need to do's. I just can't do it digitally. Um, and even uh, to your point, Ryan, of like taking notes, um, I take notes on my iPad only because I've used to live in San Francisco and have had my backpack stolen like twice and like lost not only my laptop, but my notebook. And so, and that's very tragic. And nobody, the person that stole my backpack doesn't care about my notebook, but my, I do. Um and and so now I just use my iPad and very specifically paper 53, I think, a paper by 53, I think, um, to like write down my notes. And then I'll use that, that like, they actually surprisingly have a very easy way to browse through all of the pages. And I'll, I'll write all of my, I used to write all of my client notes in there. I used to write all of my like uh, project notes in there. And now I write all of my class notes in there. Um, something about writing, I think what you said, Ryan, about like writing makes you be more present or like just even like that, that gesture helps me just remember more and then I can recall easier. Um, so maybe I'm not sure if they are considered productivity tools. They're certainly not like team oriented or collaborative productivity tools, but I think it just productivity tools in a way that helps me remember and recall things. Yeah. I think that's that's a tool in itself. You know, one that I'm going to throw out there that's definitely the like a hotter new tool that's kind of popping up everywhere is the chat GBT <laughs> AI to to help. You know what? It's I've I've used it a couple times to just one. I started playing with it to just test things. Like I think one of my first ones was write me a memo or like plan if you were choosing between using React Native or going full native. Obviously, I know like the pros and cons of that. And I think I asked it like pros and cons. I'm not gonna lie. It did a very good job of kind of giving you a bit of a skeleton. It gave you a lot of great points. It kind of set things up really well. And so I started trying that a little bit when I would start to have to write an email to someone or like just to get some thoughts like from nothing. And it was interesting. I never sent it 100% the way it was written because it just didn't feel like that was something I would write. It kind of kicked off something when it was a blank page. And I was, I've only done it a few times, but I'm like, it's pretty powerful. And I know I've seen others on Twitter talking about it. And I was like, this is, 
this could be interesting. You know, I have a lot of thoughts on that. We definitely have to do like a episode just dedicated to AI. But like, I think that there is some productivity in that you're offloading things and leveraging the computer to 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 really do some of these things for us. And I think that is always a smart thing. You can go too far. Absolutely. But I think it's kind of cool to see that you can leverage it to be a little more productive. One of my coworkers, we have like this concept of um, the comp kudos. So you can like send your your teammates like a thank you for helping you out or whatever. And one of my coworkers used chat GPT to, to write me one. <laughs> and it was like, your hard work and attention to detail really paid off. And I am so grateful for your efforts. <laughs> it just sounded... I mean, it was like a joke. Like I knew that he was doing it, but it's it sounded like a robot, not him. There again, he could have been like, "Oh, yeah, I mean that that's changing a couple of the words or tightening something up." But like, if you had nothing, granted, that's a pretty small message. I hope you can just write that. But like, if it was a bigger email, maybe. But yeah, that one sounds really bad. Like where you're like, "Yeah, that don't don't just send that." Plot twist: We're actually not doing a natural podcast we're actually reading a transcript we typed in chat gpt written what should we read a podcast (laughs) on productivity exactly give us like we want to talk about being productive in 2023 you know we're gonna do a podcast there's four of us please give us a script and that's that's we're doing a really good job i think (laughs) Just, just want to give us a pat on the back there. Plot twist, we're not actually here at all recording. These are all just AI mimics of Ooh. our voices reading the chat GPT plot twist. Oh, I look really good. We're not even here. Who is that handsome AI mimic? We could be drinking in the bar. We don't actually you know, have yeah. to be drinking virtually. We'd just be at the bar. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, this is probably a, a great point to to jump right into our picks for this episode. At the end of each episode, we like to choose picks that we found interesting uh, to share with all of our listeners. Let's uh, go around and share this episode's picks. Stacy, you want to start it off? Sure. Um, so I guess I always do music picks, but I'll tie it into productivity because I do listen to music while I code. and It helps me be productive by f- helping me focus. Um, so I have a couple of the uh, music picks for this episode related to that. Um, at the end of the year, I usually try and do uh, like a favorites of the year list, and I kind of add to it as as I go. So I have a favorite new songs of 2022. Um, there's artists like Fort Rameau, John Hopkins, Max Cooper, Hi, Fred again, Motorat, Tourists, uh, Rival Consoles, and more. So it's all my favorites from this last year. So check that out. And... Uh, another song that um, I liked from checking other people's lists out. So my friend uh, Justin, who DJs a screen door, he puts out a ton of amazing curations at the end of the year um, of his favorite tracks. And one of them was 2022 UK based favorites. Um, and in that list, uh, the song called Dreading by Plastician was really great. And I, I discovered that and I thought that was another Good coding, coding song. Nice. Augustus, what do you have? Ooh, sure. So this one's a bit, I've never done this before, but um, my first pick is an Instagram of someone named Tin Tran. Uh, he was, he is a friend of my girlfriend's, Monica, and uh, he makes these amazing macarons and he posts them. And I just like wanted to give a shout out for it because uh, 
They're just so freaking good. He, it's like they're a Korean type of macaron, I believe, with this like special buttercream. Um, and it combines some French. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just. I had one. It was just so good. And I was like, that's all I could think about when I was thinking of picks. So that's my first pick. Um, <laughs> and then my second pick. <laughs> my second pick. Uh, very coincidentally, we talked about Jack, Chat GPT. Um, I started doing a lot of moderation on a subreddit, and we started getting a lot of Chat GPT spam. And you know, it's like it's pretty obvious sometimes, but then sometimes there is like a little like, is it? And um, I found that this person named Edward Tien, uh, he I believe is a Princeton student, and he created an app to help decipher if a body of text is written by chat GPT. Um, it needs a decent amount of text to be able to know, but it looks at like word distribution. It looks at all these things and it tells you like variants. I, I don't, I'll be honest. I don't know whatever I'm saying right now. I, I don't know. I don't even know these words, but um, it, it, I thought it was a really cool tool he made. So it's worth checking out. Augustus is AI yes. right now, so yes. yeah, he doesn't yeah. know what he's saying. He's, he's having a glitch. He's a bug. Can't, can't, <laughs> can't process. <laughs> Shirley, what do you have for us? Yeah, so the very first thing is the planner that I kept on mentioning in this episode uh, is by this Japanese company. Um, it's called the Hobonichi Planner. Um, they also have English versions. They're so big that they have like English releases now. Um, they're like very specific on the paper quality, like it's just thin enough, but like it's smooth enough that like most pen ballpoint pens like roll over it really nicely. They actually also come with like if you buy a planner, it comes with their pen that's like and the ink is like it just all interacts really nicely. There's like a grid system. They're like very particular. They have like pages and pages describing each little detail that goes into their planners. Um, and also they come with like every single year they have really cute covers. So like, um, I just get really like, that's the thing, right? Like if you like the thing you're looking at and using, it just makes you happy to use it. I'm just so excited about my 2023 cover for my planner. Um, like a lot of things, Japanese, it's really extra. Like, as in like, you never thought you would need this. You probably don't need this, but it is amazing. And you need this in your life kind of thing. Um, so that's the whole Wednesday planner. Um, the other thing, uh, it's been a while for me, so I have a lot of picks. Uh, but <laughs> the other thing is, uh, if you're in Washington, D.C., you might have already heard of this, but there is a, a museum that opened, I think, a year or two. This has nothing to do with productivity, but a year or two ago called uh, Planet Word. And it's a museum about linguistics and like kind of just... Um, I don't even know how to uh, describe it, but it's like four floors dedicated to different aspects of language. Um, and the thing that was really cool about this is that um, because it's such a new museum, a lot of the technology in there was like just, I think it just, it was just really fun and cool to witness and like the craftsmanship that went into it. Um, there was like projection mapping, but also there's like different, um, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but if you like art and if you like technology, I would highly recommend, and if you're near DC, I would highly recommend it. Um, 
And in a similar vein, uh, as we also went to MIT Museum and there was uh, a particular room that was called In Concert with uh, Ganson and Cava Torta. Um, and it was uh, Cava, uh, Andy Cava Torta has a new um, uh, piece called Whale Song, which is uh, these like a dozen or so corrugated tubes of different lengths that uh, get spun really, really fast. And um, and then it generates this like beautiful whale-like sound, like a whale song-like sound. And the song that it is playing is, speaking of AI, um, uh, this uh, AI-generated uh, composed song that is supposed to last 250 years, like the length of a whale's life. And that is uh, paired with Arthur Ganson's work, which is a lot of like really kind of playful, whimsical, mechanical movements work. Um, and then, so that's at the MIT Museum. And my final one is Turning Red by Pixar, because the first time I watched it, I don't know if I need to explain it, but the first time I watched it, it was so much cringe, but then, but then it was such good cringe. <laughs> and um, the TLDR is, is a Pixar movie about a Chinese Canadian girl turning 13 in 2002. So basically it was written for me and I highly recommend it. <laughs> I like that. Very cool. I just have two picks, not really, eh, not on productivity so much. Actually, one is a video of um, Ken Block. He's a pro rally driver, uh, passed away just like a few days ago, unfortunately, in a snowmobiling accident. But one of my favorite videos of his is him driving it's called ultimate urban playground where he's driving in san francisco doing these wild stunts this is like it's old this video but it's always like i've rewatched it i remember showing my son this video like not that long ago and so to me it was just like a really it's really sad to see him go but it's really cool to kind of go back and watch this video so i highly recommend just checking that out he was such an influential race car driver that it's it's really cool checking out then we brought up Sarah Drasner. I thought a great pick to, to share is her book that she wrote, Engineering Management for the Rest of Us. I haven't finished it, but I'm, I'm, I must be fairly close by now, but it's been really good. It's a really good read. Sarah's amazing and just like very thoughtful in, in a lot of the tips and things that she shares in the book. So I highly recommend it. It's, it is, you know, geared at being an engineering like manager, but I, I don't want to say that it's a management book. It's like, it talks about leadership. It talks about things that even as a I see that as being a leader on the team I think it's a really great read highly recommend that one so check that out thank you all uh listeners for listening to us yet another year we're in 2023 already it's great I'm really excited for this year we have a lot of amazing episodes coming up so make sure to subscribe to whatever you like to listen to us on so we'll have more coming you can find us on frontendhappyhour.com you can follow us on twitter at frontendhh any last words? Don't get distracted. Listen to our podcast. Cheers. Cheers.